Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special episode of the Reader's Quadrant that we will be calling the Reader's Codex. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Samantha, and we are your hosts. Today, we will be having a discussion about Iron Flame and our initial reactions to the second book of the Empyrean series. So first, Samantha, I'd like to start out with that Variety article that came out, um, Rebecca Yaros's article in interview in Variety, where she talked about a like a variety of things that happened in iron flame most important to note i think is um the gallic hiring a gallic speaker to better help her write these books going forward and be more cognizant of uh using language going forward because i think especially in this book so much emphasis is placed on like dead languages and Mm -hmm. minority languages that it, it it was starting to be a really bad look for her if she didn't acknowledge it and I mean, all she can do at this point would be acknowledge it and be better going forward. Like, of course, we all wish they had, she hadn't done it to begin with, but I think she's doing, taking the proper steps to rectify that now going forward. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a good um, way to go about it. Just she owned that she messed up and she just has specific steps that she's taking to rectify it. So I think that's pretty important. Um, yeah. and that's, how, that's how you do it. You I mean, you own it and you, these are, this is exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that will help her with the third book because I still don't think she started writing it at all. I'm assuming she's going to start writing it sometime in the new year. Um, we don't yeah. have any publishing deadline or date so far. So who knows, who knows when that's going to come out. Hopefully they'll take their time on this one, um, to fix some of the, printing errors and misprints and stuff that have happened for people and they won't have as much of a shipping problem as we've heard yeah, but yeah we um, can um we can put this article link in our show notes if anyone else would like to read it there is a lot of good information um they ask her about a variety like you said a variety of things <laughs> in variety um and it's, there's a lot of really good answers in here and some questions that wouldn't be answered in the book otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. Like, um, we're getting into spoiler territory, so just FYI. Yes, uh, this, this episode is full of spoilers for Iron Flame. Do not continue if you have not no. finished the entire book because we are going to be discussing our thoughts over the entire book. Yes, feel free okay. to skip and come back if you would like uh, once you have finished, but yes. Uh, so with that in mind, um, one of the questions that Rebecca gets asked is about Andarna's tail being why it's a poison barb. And she gives kind of an explanation as to why that specific tail was chosen. So I think that's really interesting um, bit of knowledge that we wouldn't get from the book really without just like really inferring that yourself. Yes, and we also learned that Violet's second signet has already developed. You just need to yes. pay attention to what um, has happened throughout the book. And then another thing that Samantha and I were talking about earlier was that we learned that Rebecca Yaros wanted this book initially to be two books. She wanted part one to be one book and part two to be a separate book. And I kind of think here that that might have helped with some mm-hmm. of the pacing issues yes. that we see in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really wish her editor would have edited better. Yeah. Um, 
and this is not a negative commentary on the plot itself. I really loved like the entirety of the book. It's just some some things I think could have been cleaned up, and I felt the transition between part one and part two was uh, quite jarring. Yeah, and there's another thing here too. I'm noticing um, she's asked to clarify about Zayden's um, title, um, his nobility title. And she specifically says there's so much that got taken out of edits. This book, had it not been edited down, would have, would have a lot more in it. Yes, and I'm assuming that's because it went from two books to one. So yeah. to fit into one book, she probably yeah. she had to take out a ton of info that might have been useful. You know, I, I, it's like when I think of what they took out of the Harry Potter movies and how the movies do not make sense if you had not read the books. No, books, especially, especially movie six. <laughs> especially yeah. a, any, anything that David Yates does is just so confusing. And so that's kind of how I feel about this. Hopefully, this will be, like we said, hopefully this will be rectified in yeah. book three. Um, yeah, she does say like something got cut out in edits. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, book three. It's like she's actively trying to like put the things that got cut in book three. So we're not technically going to miss out on things, but we're going to have to wait a lot longer, which is frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely if you're interested at all, go read that variety article. It, Mm -hmm. I found it, I found it super interesting and super insightful and it cleared up a lot of the questions that I had about Iron Flame and I felt better about it after I read that article. Okay. So, Samantha, what were your overall feelings about Iron Flame after you read it in its entirety? Yeah, so, um, Kelsey and I both kind of speed read this, so, um, this is very off the cuff, nothing, like, super in-depth. I read this over the course of two days by staying up super late, because we work. Um, (laughs) so, on the whole, I thought it was good, um, it had a lot happen. Um, there's some things that may have been a little predictable, like Varish being an Umbridge type character, um, (laughs) as I've seen him referred to, um, (laughs) but I don't know. I just, for the most part, I enjoyed it. Um, there were some things that we talked about before where pacing probably could have been better, but that's probably a result of things being cut and it being condensed into one book instead of two. Um, but I'm, I thought it was good. What did you think? Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think especially part two, cause things like really picked up and it was nonstop action and all, it was honestly a little anxiety inducing because they, like it did not stop. It took a while to get into, I think the flow of things, um, but yeah, no, I really liked it. I liked the overall plot. I really liked the twist at the end. I know that's a divisive opinion based on the reviews I've been reading on the internet. But yeah, I um, I enjoyed it and I'm excited to see where we go for book three. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're going to go into some predictions that we had in our Iron Flame predictions episode uh, to yes. discuss kind of what we got right um, and I'm excited about that. So the first one yeah. is we had discussed uh, maybe Andarna being some kind of royalty because she made her decision on her own to bond with Violet. And that was like spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Which was kind of crazy. Yeah. 
and also just like there's still a lot more to her that we don't know which is like I at least with regards to Andarna I think we came away with more questions than got answered in a way and, and, and I kind of loved that I kind of loved that like I loved her big reveal at the end and I love that you're left wanting more of that because mm-hmm. one of the things that we had said we wanted more of was just like more about the dragons yeah and I feel like we got like a taste of that in this book we still don't really know how they govern themselves nope and I think we'll probably get more of that as time goes on but I really liked that portion of the book yeah I mean yeah outside of knowing that there's the Empyrean that they technically answer to but not really at the same time so I don't know but it's very interesting I'm I kind of feel bad for Andar in a way because with that reveal it kind of means that she is the last of her kind in a way or at least of her species yeah she's a loner much like Violet um so I guess yeah we'll see we'll see where that goes um she seems yeah just to want to fit in though like how she was saying how, how much she admires Taryn and like she was modeling her scales after him uh the next thing we got right about was um general sorengale um being on the our side yes i mean she wasn't um like super good i put in air quotes like i would call her more of like at this point a morally gray character because she didn't um sacrifice herself out of the goodness of her heart like all she wanted to do was save her children yeah but in doing so she did help the rebellion um so she wasn't entirely evil and i don't think any of her motivation was ever evil it was all just as we see in this book you will how far would you go to protect the ones that you love her death like literally made me tear up and like really want to cry i usually don't cry at books at all and like i could literally just like feel it just like welling up and I think especially when she said that she was going to get to see her husband soon. Ugh. That was so sad. It broke my little heart. I was so sad. And I didn't think I would be affected that much. I know. Um, But she just has so much love for her family. She may not always love them in the way that they need her to. Mm -hmm. um, But you can't deny that she did love all of her children and her husband which sucks that probably a lot of that got cut in the edits like i bet we could have seen a lot more of her like showing her love for her children and it got yeah honestly i i'm bummed that she died i I feel like she had a lot more Mm -hmm. to offer i'm hoping we at least get some like flashbacks or something something I don't know, because a lot of people are theorizing about Violet's second signet. So there's, the popular theories online are, first, that um, her second signet allows her to speak to the dead, mm-hmm. which is how she spoke to Liam. The second one I've seen that's popular online that I could also see being true is that she's an amplifier. Um, like, Rhiannon was able to pull the dagger through the wall for the first time around Violet. Nero mm-hmm. was able to put up ward, put up a shield outside the wards for the first time around Violet. Sloane manifested her signet oh, okay. around Violet. And then the other one I've seen is that she can see through other people's eyes, hence why she was seeing that dream 
of the venom like that was actually zayden's dream and and that's why she was so confused when zayden said oh the he wants me because she thought that the venom like the sage wanted her but he actually wanted zayden so Hmm. all three of those i could see being totally true so who knows like who knows where that's going and the third one that i felt super vindicated about was that (laughs) <laughs> Rebecca Yaros put yes. the kibosh on this immediately that General Sorengale <laughs> did not create the storm on the parapet. Yes, that can finally be put to rest. <laughs> so I felt pretty good about that. I like how Violet yes. pretty explicitly stated that like fairly early on. Yes, because man, I did. We did not buy that theory for like a second, but no. it was still out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, Samantha, what was your favorite scene or scenes in Iron Flame? I don't even know, man. Like, there was just a lot that happened. Um, I'm still kind of processing all of it, to Mm. be honest, to be able to have a favorite scene. Like, we were doing this, um, I was trying to think about this, and I don't know if I have, like, really a single favorite scene. Did you have one? Well, okay, I have a favorite um when violet figures out wait well when justinia figures out that there was a mistranslation it was a seventh dragon and violet figures out about andarna being a seventh species like i loved that mm-hmm. like, i love that because i did not see that coming mm-hmm. and then i would just like to say that i also really enjoyed chapter 48 48 the throne room scene oh yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Especially when like he's like on my throne and she's like, wait, what? <laughs> she's like <laughs> mid in the middle of that and like her brain still is like sidetrack. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, favorite new characters. So I really liked I don't is it Auric or Eric? I pronounce it Eric. But I could be wrong. I don't I, know how it would be. Or we could just call him Cam, his Cam. name. I liked him a lot. I liked him a lot. I liked the dynamic um, that created um, yeah. within the friend group. So I liked him. I honestly f- was a little let down by Sloan. Like, I feel like yeah. she didn't develop into what I thought she was going to. And maybe that's just sh- she will. Um in over the next three books, but there wasn't as much character development in her as I would have liked. Yeah, I mean, there was some, because, like, she was kind of more Team Violet towards the end. Mm. Um, again, I think that's probably stuff that got cut was her growth, because she mentions at one point when they're, I think it was when they were hiking with the um, flyers about where she was at in the letters um, from Liam. Yes, yep. And that she was kind of coming around on Violet. Yeah. So, yeah, that was nice. Um, Do you have similar similar thoughts, similar favorite characters? How do you feel? I, yeah, I liked Cam. Um, Sloan, like you said, yeah, she was okay. Um, I surprisingly, by the end of it, kind of liked Kat. Yeah, me too. Honestly, um, Kat... It was interesting to me because Rebecca Yaros has said a lot that she's a 
a feminist and that storyline didn't seem very like yay women to have mm-hmm. two women fighting over a man but then when you read it like cat isn't fighting because she wants zayden like no and then in the variety article rebecca yaros talks about how if it were two men fighting over power it would be seen as like a power play not mm-hmm. as like cattiness so that put really put that into perspective for me um cat just wants power yeah so i mean I think she's a fairly interesting character yeah which she's sparring with violet she specifically says that she wants a crown yeah she does not care about Zay. like she could not care less no i don't think um i mean i think she enjoyed her time with zayden from what it sounds yeah, like well, so i don't I, think she's let's... like whatever i mean who wouldn't want the tall dark yeah. handsome hot guy you know and he comes I... with a crown cool yeah <laughs> i was gonna say who wouldn't enjoy their time with zayden but yeah no i thought she was interesting and i'm excited to see where she goes mm-hmm. going forward because i liked how that evolved into them both realizing yeah we have way bigger things to worry about than this mm-hmm. thing and i think it's realistic i mean violet's 21 yep at this point like she, she is she's not going to feel super secure in her relationship like, no that's no especially since it was started out the way it started out and everything and yeah i, mean... I think jealousy is a natural feeling at that age oh yeah regardless especially... if there's anything to feel jealous of Right. Well, and also, Zayden didn't tell her that he was engaged before. Which, yeah, that, re- that really frankly, he me. should I- have. That was that was pertinent information. Literally, yeah. as soon as soon as they had met Cat, or at least at the very least, when they were going to, I can't remember the the name of the city right now. Was it Athline, like, or was it somewhere else, or was it, no, it was somewhere else? It was somewhere else where um, they were going to see Cat, like. He should have told her. Yeah, because he knew she was gonna be there. Yeah, that was really that was really bad. But I mean, <laughs> let's be let's be real. The communication between Zayden and Violet was non-existent. This book. No, like they mentioned how, like, oh well, we didn't want to talk about our exes. Well, having an ex-fiance is different than having an ex. You know what I mean? Oh, but but you forget, Samantha. They it wasn't they weren't engaged. They were betrothed. betrothed. Yes, because that's so different. So different. <laughs> um, the exes thing was interesting, though, because I have seen plenty of theories online that one of Violet's exes is Cam's older brother. Oh, the one that Zayden killed? No, the other one. Is there another one? Yes, because even though Zayden killed the older brother, Cam is still not first in line to the throne. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Because... She mentioned that they were in infantry, and Cam, and Cam was expect, expected to go into infantry. And that's mm. maybe why they knew each other so well. I don't know. We'll see. Um, a lot of people got, like, romantic vibes between Cam and Violet. I don't know. I don't know if I see that. I just... I, I so badly, for once in a fantasy series where a young woman is the protagonist, I do not want to see a love triangle. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be team one or the other like yeah and honestly yeah i mean i can see where people are coming from for that but at the same time i feel like cam was just using his childhood friendship just to rile zayden because he was pissed at him not because he was interested in violet like romantically he was just like hey look i've known her longer yes it was like little brother (laughs) vibes yeah who was your least favorite new character 
I mean, obviously we're gonna hate Varish. Um, yeah. Honestly, he's evil it was, for the sake of being evil. Yeah. Honestly, it was more pre-existing characters that we ended up Nolan. not liking. Nolan. Nolan. Yes. <gasps> and also, we saw more of Melgren. We saw yeah, a lot more of Melgren. Like, I know we were kind of like not super cool with him before, but like it really turned. I thought with him. Yeah. Um. And then obviously Dane's father was mm-hmm. the worst. Although it was funny to watch his ass get handed to him like right off the bat. <laughs> yes. Interesting though. I don't know if anyone picked up on this. I know that Samantha and I talked about it in our chat earlier. But I think and I um, that um, Dane's dad. Is he a general? No, I don't think okay. so. Dane's dad. He's a colonel. Has something to do with the venom because you'll note that the first year that he sent to kill violet he that first year also had red rings around his eyes mm-hmm. so like what the hell is going on there i thought those came from varish though not etos because he was already reassigned at that point i thought they came from etos because they said a line that I oh yeah Dane's there was dad... the secret die with yeah something about keepers truth. or something like that yeah, something that Dane's dad had said first thing in the book. Yeah, I think it was, like, secrets die with their keeper. And because the infantry people say it again later in the book. So it sounds to me like Dane's dad was just continuously trying to kill Violet. Speaking of which, I did not see Jack coming back. No. No, I don't think anybody did. That was crazy. That was crazy. Like, how did he become a venom behind the wards? That's insane. Where do you see the series going from here? One thing that I think that we're going to see more about, because I'm kind of curious, like, Varish was weirdly obsessed with Andarna. Mm. So I think either he or he knew and maybe someone else that he was working with, I don't think he was, like, a single actor, um, they know something more about the Feathertails. Like, I think they know what they actually are because we, we learn... That dragon egg shells are important for the wards. Yes. Well, key. They are the they key. Were, they, yeah, they were a necessary ingredient. And so why would he be so keen to see what he knows to be a feather tail if he didn't have a specific need to? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it was just because he thought she was being impudent. Like, I think because he was very specific about Andarna. Yes, well, and it comes back. That comes back to Jack too, because the whole venom thing, where where he was saying that when you draw your power from the earth, dragons don't control you; you can control them. So mm-hmm. I think that's gonna come into come into play. Hopefully not with Andarna. Like hopefully not. Um, I really hope does not happen, but I like I can see it happening. Book three is very clearly going to be. Zayden's descent into venomism or whatever you want to call it and mm-hmm. Violet fighting for him to find a cure. I just really really hope that Rebecca Yaris does not go down the, the trope of Zayden turning like full evil because I just don't want to 
I don't have, I don't know that I have the patience for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we know that Violet is at least somewhat on board with him. So, like, because in the last chapter, from his perspective, she's sleeping in his bed still, mm-hmm. and it's after the fact of him telling her. Yeah, I think that Zayden's gonna end up spending a significant amount of time in that like Ribostad chest or however you say that yeah. because there was too many mentions of that and learned that you can keep venom in there without them mm-hmm. dying for that to just be a throwaway so whether that's like a few chapters or like literally an entire book who knows at this point yeah um also i know it was kind of resolved later but at one point dane says to violet like he tries to tell her that it was her mother who was like Sending the people, like, was, I think it was after they rescue her, maybe? Um, he says, like, oh, that was your mother, but it was obviously his father still, I think. Yeah. Speaking of Dane, Mm. you and I are very vocal in our dislike of Dane. What did you think of the, uh, Dane redemption arc? How does Dane get a redemption arc but not Tamlin, first of all? I know it's a different series, but what the fuck? Um, well, Sarah, Sarah J. Moss straight up hates Tamlin. Like, I know. Hates him. Cannot stand him. And I he don't must think resemble Rebecca Yarrow. He must resent, remind her or be like uh, the stand-in for like an ex of hers that she hates or something. I don't know. Um, I found Dane a lot more tolerable in this book. Yeah. I still, I still don't like him. No. No. And I feel bad for Violet first having the two men that she was involved with uh use mind powers on her i felt so bad like, god when, damn it when zayden told her or well didn't tell her when she like pried figured it out, it out. pretty mm. much and i was like this girl cannot catch a break no jeez i that also shocked me that his second signet thing yeah I did also like, um, I think we're going to get more from the Griffins and the Flyers. I think we're going to learn a lot more about them. Also, I find it really funny. Like, (laughs) like, we just jump off a cliff and if we land on one, we're good. Like, oh, and then like, if you miss, you die. No, we just swim back up. You guys are the like, weirdos killing yeah, yourselves. You, you what the fuck are you the doing? fucking weird ones. Like, what? <laughs> But I also think that was good of her to put in there because one of the common criticisms that people had about Fourthing was it doesn't make sense that um, they would kill off all of these dragon riders. And this is Rebecca Yarrow saying, no, it doesn't make sense. And everybody knows it doesn't make sense except for the people who are actually in the riders quadrant. You know what I wonder if it's for? What if it's, what if it's for population control so they stay within the wards? Maybe. Because if your know. population keeps growing, it's going to go outside the wards, and then their their little ruse would be fucked. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, that line about them being like, uh, no, we just swim <laughs> to shore and pick a different yeah. area. I like how she's in her interview. She's just like, yeah. So if you just miss, it's like you just go back, change your major. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing so hard. Oh. My God, can we take a sidetrack here to talk about my favorite subplot throughout the entire book? Hmm. 
Sawyer and Jacinia. Oh, yeah, they're so cute. He's like, can, can you teach me sign language? <laughs> Every little tidbit we got about them, I was like, ooh. It's just so they're excited. So cute. I just like that. And I hope he is able to continue riding after yeah. his little, his, his little uh, issue of loss of a leg. Yeah. Well, maybe. I feel like they developed that saddle for Violet. It's literally what I was about to say. It's like maybe they can make a saddle for him. I don't see why not. I don't know why they weren't using saddles to begin with, to be honest. Well, because it makes you look weak. Bullshit. Okay. I I don't know. But yeah, there's, I think, a lot of things to look forward to. Um, It was about as expected for me with a book two of a five book series where you're left with more questions than answers. And it's exciting. I like, I like speculating. Yeah. Um, Oh, I hope, I hope we get more Andarna Tarn, um, (laughs) of their relationship. I love how he's just like a grumpy, like dad with her. And she's just like, yes, dad. (laughs) That was so funny. That whole... Yeah, they're, they're whole, the whole dynamic. Their, yeah, all of their interactions. In it's so book. great. I think Rebecca Yaros really excels when she's writing the dialogue for the dragons. Oh, yeah. It's the people where it kind of comes down. It's, yeah, gets a little dicey. <laughs> yeah, like we were talking before how we don't really mind that there was conflict in Zayden and Violet's relationship. There were just maybe some instances where. It maybe could have been written a little better, but on the whole, the, the conflict was understandable. They're both young, and young people have conflict, especially in times of strife. Yeah, and obviously in a five-book series, you're not going to have a happy-go-lucky couple for no all five books. So it was understandable, but yes, definitely some of it I was like, this really shouldn't be an issue, and you probably could have found like a more creative way to create this conflict. Mm-hmm. Then constantly having it be like, ask me. I shouldn't have to ask you. Just ask me. No, I shouldn't have to ask. And I was just, it got a little repetitive by the end of the book. I was just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They kept having the same argument over and over and over. I felt like. But I um, guess that like couples do that too. Like That's true. That's true. Me and my husband do all the time. He'll tell you that. <laughs> we have the same argument like all the time. Honestly, usually about communication, too. It's a constant argument. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I'm hoping that Zayden got the point now that he needs to offer information freely. But. Yeah. um, But that's his trauma makes it hard for him to do so. So I I get it. They need therapy. (laughs) What the hell is going on with his mother? That's what I was going to say next. I hope in the next book we find out more about his mother because I, I just, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. No, why bring it up and just be like, she left when I was 10. Okay, end of story. No, there's no way. And especially with his visceral reaction to like her being brought up. Well, okay, this, this is the thing that annoyed me about this too. He was constantly saying to Violet, ask me, ask me. But then she'd ask him and he'd just like tense up and be like, don't ask me that. I did like how she called him out on that, though. Yeah. She literally was like, you told me to ask you, I asked you, and you're still not telling me. Anyways, as you can see, or hear, uh, Samantha and I are very excited for the rest of the series. Can't wait. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that it's, this book is probably not going to come out for at least a year. 
that gives us time to do a more slow reading of this so that we can kind of get a better understanding. Um, just like with the fourth wing, you know, it made me want to kind of go back immediately and reread it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of like see what all kind of foreshadowing that I missed and whatnot. There's some things I noticed that were mentioned kind of in here that when you think back to fourth wing, like, especially with Jack, like he definitely became Venom at some point during fourth wing. Yes. Yes. Because in the variety interview, Rebecca says that when Jack and Violet are sparring on the mat, Jack pushes energy into Violet. And at that point he had already like kind of turned. Yeah, like, Violet mentions it herself in this in Iron Flame. She's like, I didn't realize that's what it was. But, yes, like, that's another thing I hope we learn is how he survived. Because he clearly had to not been totally dead in order for to be brought brought back. Yeah. But why make the effort to save him? And Nolan was very... I know we were doing a Midwest goodbye. But um, <laughs> Nolan was very, like, invested in him. Because, like, even, like, afterwards, like, when they were fighting him, he, like, came in there was like, no, Jack, we can't be doing this. Like, he seemed to be more protective of Jack. I don't know. Anyways, if you uh, want to continue to uh, theorize with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Readers Quadrant Podcast. And join our Discord. Um, yes. We've been having great discussions on there. It's a great group of people. Um, And you can find that link on our Instagram profile. And I also periodically put it up on our Instagram stories. And then if you have any queries you have for us, whatever you want to ask, you can email us at readersquadpod at gmail.com. And so we will see you guys on Tuesday for our first regular episode discussing Part one of chapter one of Fourth Wing. We had to split it into two parts because we got a little too excited and recorded for a very long time. But we can't wait to see you then. And I hope we hope you like the episode. Yes, we very much hope you uh, like it. And thank you for listening to us ramble about Iron Flame. And remember, um, the right way isn't the only way. We would like to thank Kevin McLeod for the use of his song, The Pyre, for our intro and outro music. <laughs>